Well, I've hit record, have you? What? What? No, I have. That's fair. Okay, um, I guess we're ready to go, and welcome, Rob, to episode 20 of I Understood That Reference. Oh, Jesus. Thanks for having me. Rob, we need to get this out of the way, because this is important. How okay. was your fantastic voyage across the world? It was great. I was in Japan, uh, and it's funny, because that's how we finished the previous one. So I, I left, and I've come back. I'm sure everyone was thrilled. Um, it was very interesting. Uh, I'll summarize it by saying um, everything feels like a brand new experience when you're in Japan. It's so different. It's another world over there. The people are fantastic. The food is delicious. And you definitely know when you're in Japan because every now and again you come across something that's definitely just fundamentally weird. (laughs) Uh, You know, like it has that kind of, oh, that's an odd thing. Is that a thing that people would like over? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Would Would that be acceptable in Ireland? Let's never find out. But I, 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 if <clears throat> if it is a country that's on someone's book list, or even if not, like I, I just had an extraordinary experience out there. You get to see so many new things, try lots of interesting food, um, just the general day to day life. Obviously, is very different as well, and the culture as well. It's all a bit of a shock to the system, but um, the people are super. So I highly encourage people to go to Japan. Post haste. Rob sent me a video while he was over there of a robot <laughs> coming to his door with some green tea and I was literally blown away by this and still am <laughs> and I, I just don't think I'll ever delete that video. Do you like the bit where I waved goodbye to him in the lift? Oh, well, I, I like that bit because he was like R2-D2. <laughs> he even made like R2-D2 sounds and everything. He's obviously oh, modelled somewhat after him. It's actually very funny because I rang, because you, you ring reception and then they send up the robot to you. Uh, and I rang, I was like, I'd love some green tea and they're like, just for one person. Obviously implying, are you seriously wasting the robot for this trip? But I was like, yeah, just the one tea. <laughs> and they were like, fine. <laughs> I mean, I hope you were like, uh, less of a judgment and bring me my tea, robots. <laughs> yeah. I honestly was tempted to ring them again and go, listen, I finished that cup. Will you send up another? But you didn't, right? Nah. Remember, nah, Rob, nah. like I said before we started recording, this is how the human machine war will start. With you <laughs> ordering a green tea to your, to your hotel room because you're too lazy mm. to go down and get it yourself. Uh, leave it out. Let's... um. Should we should we get into the into the, the the business? We kick this guy off properly now that we I've been talking about Japan for a while. One thing I will say as well, very quickly, is how um, they say hi quite a lot, like unexpectedly, almost constantly, to everything you say to them. You're like, oh, thanks. Hi, uh, is this the place of this place? Is this where this place? Hi. It's um, I couldn't tell if they were saying hello or if they were bowing or both. It's extraordinary. Oh, really? Go to Japan. Yeah, yeah it's great. I hope you said hi back, but in a nice Irish way. That didn't mean anything, and they were like, "This guy." I said, "I said, how she cotton young fella?" Oh, Jesus they, Christ! <laughs> surprisingly, they didn't get that at all. <laughs> I mean, I'd argue some people in Ireland don't understand when you say "how she cotton young fella." <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. Right, perfect. Well, now that that's out of the way, Rob, and you're back safe, you're back to us in the land of podcasts. Let's jump on into the show. Um, so, firstly, we'll we'll cover off our usual section, which of course Ooh. is you said it's better than I will. So I'll uh, I'll let you say the old Ross fact, Rob fact bit. Go for it. Ross fact, Rob fact. Ross fact, Rob fact. Riker Wright is an enemy of the show. Mark Hamill is a huge fan. 
Look at that. Didn't even miss didn't even miss a beat. See, Japan has not taken anything out of you, my friend. Not in the slightest. Um, the last slightest. week, my fact, my Ross fact, was that Jim Carrey, originally the role of the Joker in The Dark Knight was for him, and he accepted it, but he had to step away due to scheduling conflicts. Now, I have to admit, this fact is untrue. It was not true at all. Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. God, you absolute snake. How dare you? <laughs> I thought you were going to you absolute bastard for some reason. I, ne- I was like, I, I was like, that was probably a bit harsh. <laughs> I can almost hear it I, on the tip of your tongue and the lips, like just going, I, bastard. The level of restraint it took was significant. But yeah, that I think that's that was that was very mischievous of you. And then of course that means that my one was true. Uh, so my fact last week was that Danny DeVito starred in, produced, and directed the adaption of the Roald Dahl classic Matilda. Can you believe he directed it? Like everybody knew he was in it, but I literally only learned that the week I was doing the research. I, I was shocked. My brain Sh- is is so used to Danny DeVito from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia that to hear him direct and star in a child- children's film at the moment just unnerves me to my very core. The, the amount mm. of and sheer it's good. <laughs> it, it is good. It's very good. I actually saw it in the cinema when it was released. No way. Yeah, that's probably a long time ago now, but I did see it. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> All right. I mean, look, this is not in you. This is nothing we haven't covered before. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> oh, Christ. You know, he's in a, I looked it up because he's, he's done a bunch of... Um, he's, he's directed a few things now. <clears throat> I really, the main one is Matilda. That is the famous one, but he's done more of the roses as well, actually, I thought was interesting. I think a few people might have come across that. But um, do you know what? He's, he's obviously got a knack for it. Fair play to him. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize this. Um, I just like the highlights as well. Uh, this was one hundred percent of Twitter people got the whole Danny DeVito thing. Every single person knew it when he was correct. So obviously we didn't fool them this week. But look, we've got more at the end of the show, and we'll fool them then. But now oh, we're going to barrel on, barrel on to our next part of the show, which is the Great Reference Game. Oh, I liked that one. Now, this, of course, is when we, me or Rob, throw out a reference from a film that the other has to guess by the end of the show. Now, Rob, this time I am quizzing you. I am giving you the reference. Are you ready? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. I really think you're going to get this. That I, I like prefixing with that because if you don't get it, I feel good about myself. So here I, it goes. I do the same thing when, you, when I'm doing it. Fair play. Okay, fire away. What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me alive. What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me alive. Yeah, I didn't even realize that rhymes until I just said it out loud. Yeah, that's going to confuse me. <laughs> you got it? Yes. If What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me alive. Ignore the rhyming part. The rhyming part yeah, has it's, no It's threat. hard not to... It, the rhyme is really throwing me off. <laughs> yeah, it's really throwing me off too. I'm like, oh, did I take that? Did I get that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I haven't. Rob, let's go on with the show. We'll jump on into some news. The news. The news. The news. I just want to quickly highlight. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's still Halloween in your house, obviously. Yeah, There's clearly. Some... Oh, jeez, things <laughs> are scary here. <laughs> some poultry guys about the place. What was that about? A, a, a course there fell, but it's okay. The course is clear now, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to hearing that. Um... <laughs> oh, I'm really not in the episode. <laughs> Look, this is what happens with live recordings, people. So, uh, yeah, do you want to go first, or well, I go. I've got lots. Uh, of yeah, I was just going to say, <clears throat> um, my favorite news source, Box Office Mojo, where I get all my numbers, has been updated. Can you believe it? I can, but sure, look. 
But as in the website has been, it looks very snazzy. It's much cleaner. The other one looked like it was built circa 2002. So this is a huge improvement. <clears throat> it's by IMDb now. I guess they bought them out, which kind of makes perfect sense that that, would, yeah, that acquisition would take place. But what was actually pestering me for ages is that they did the update maybe a couple of weeks ago. But there was no worldwide box office section, like totals. So I couldn't see the actual... I could only see US stuff. So and you were I thought, there with the abacus, putting them together, like hitting the man, abacus. Man, like, I... I thought my very specific role in this podcast was completely ruined. Like, I didn't think I had a function or a purpose anymore. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. I mean, when you went to Japan, I was like, maybe I should just go solo. <laughs> yeah, you should have. <laughs> <laughs> but instead I waited. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, anyway, it's updated, but I wanted to you know, obviously lead into the fact that we were talking about this a little while ago. Joker is coming tantalizingly close to that billion dollar mark, which is extraordinary because obviously it's R-rated it's you know i we could argue that it's definitely leveraging or at least benefiting the fact that it has a superhero mythology kind of whether it's not used heavily in it or it is relevant it it's 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 borrowed from that universe so i think that's what's giving it legs but it's at about 930 million now worldwide which is just crazy that is crazy for that type of film that is crazy actually mm. I it's over 7 it. now i think it will i think it will do it to be honest and i think that oh, yeah. will help Obviously, the Oscars will be coming up not so not so long from now. So I do think that's very much going to help it. I would not be surprised oh, yeah. if we see an owl Oscar nod or two for the Joker. Mm, it's it's three weekends in, so it's really going to start slowing down, particularly as other movies start coming out now over the next couple few weekends. But um, I, I reckon it can get there. It'll be very close, I reckon. But it seems to have the legs. Also, if it does get an old box office nod, of course, think about the amount of times it's going to be re-released. So it'll definitely reach that that uh, billion mark, if, if so. Well, fair play to them. That's what I say. Bloody fair play to them. The joke's on us. Jesus. No, look, look, look. Fair play to them is right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it deserves the, the to be, you know, grossing that much it money. Deserves... I'm glad to see that it is. Mm, interesting. Uh, what do you got, buddy? Right, so um, there's two ones here I'll start with, and kind of I think you even sent me a text about this during the week. But uh, there's two very high-profile games released recently. Um, oh, you're going straight into the games. Oh, oh I'm going goodness. straight into the games. We'll we'll still swap and change and get around and in and out and flip and flop oh, you, back and forth. You fairly get around, let me tell you. Ooh, Jesus. ooh, nice. And um, so the two <laughs> games is interesting because they couldn't be any more different. One is uh, Death Stranding from Hideo Kojima. And the other is Call of Duty, which, I mean, everybody knows Call of Duty. They couldn't be more different because one is so very much so the kind of usual by-the-numbers game, 100 times, box office, throw all the money at it and get everybody to buy it, which is Call of Duty. And the mm. other one is so far of left field, it, it, it is even almost not registering as a game to many people. And the reviews are out for both, and they're both... They're not terrible. They're not brilliant. They're like sevens and eights and eighty percents. Um, I believe one is at eighty-one percent on Metacritic, and the other is at eighty-five, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's 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 very good going. Like, so that's that's a lot of the majority. Like, <clears throat> when you think about the number of reviews some of those have gotten, I think for like Death Stranding, that's after seventy-five different publications have reviewed that to sort of maintain that eighty-five score. That's actually exceptional. Call of Duty is at a very similar kind of number of reviews. Yeah. I'm 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 relieved for Call of Duty because I'm a fan of the Modern Warfare series. They're the ones that I bought. Um, I never bought Black Ops or the futuristic shite. But um, but 
it, it's they've brought back a very famous character they've kind of it, they've reimagined it it's not a, a direct sequel this is actually just this seems to be like net new start fresh but with the same kind of core kind of characters that you know for, that made the original sort of trilogy very famous the, you know the beloved characters that's captain price that they're big into the mocap oh everyone's doing the mocap now Mod- naughty dog started the mocap revolution oh it's motown baby that, uh... let me tell you but um you're not a fan of call of duty but i presume you're intrigued by this death stranding release I am intrigued by the Death Stranding release. Uh, it definitely looks like an interesting and intriguing game. Now, I can get the underlying message from reviews are that it has a tremendous amount of flaws and a tremendous amount of tedium involved, and it is very <laughs> experimental. And I definitely get the feeling that because it's different and because it's Hideo Kojima, people don't want to outright say it's bad, so they have yeah. to phrase it in certain ways. That Look, that might not that might be my take on it, but it definitely seems that there's an undercurrent of, I mean, it's a good idea. There's some good concepts in there. Not it's necessarily ambitious. a good game. Ambitious, yeah. I think what's interesting is that I've been watching a lot of reviews to really get a sense of what do they actually think of the game and what are the criticisms versus what are the, you know, wh- where is it getting its plaudits? And listen, not to spoil anything, but this is basically a campaign built around fetch quests, which are normally the secondary tertiary missions in other open world games. This the is worst a part world. of the recent Marvel Spider-Man game, basically just being the game. <laughs> which is interesting because like, I, I watched the GameSpot one, for example, the GameSpot review. I watched it. Um, they were quite critical of how basic it is and how frustrating it can get. And um, But ultimately, obviously, there's a very compelling message. The characters are quite uh, endearing and, you know, it's it's a very uplifting kind of experience when you do manage to complete a mission. You're you're congratulated, blah blah blah. blah. But as a core gameplay sort of side of things, they didn't seem that thrilled by it. Yet they still give it a nine out of ten. So it was at odds with how they described it. And I think you already touched on this. It's almost like they were afraid to criticize it anymore. And um, by comparison, IGN gave it, out of course, a very annoying six point eight. Whatever the point, like how does that? <laughs> how do you? Yeah, I mean, really, how yeah. do you land on that? But they gave it that anyway, and that ironically actually matched the way he described it more actually i encourage you to watch that review because the sort of the comparisons he makes to the gameplay which is real life scenarios and the reviewer he absolutely rinses it at at times and it's actually fucking hilarious like it's really funny but sure enough the gaming community hated that video like they do with most ign reviews but they then voted that out of the bloody sky Uh, of course of course so i i think it's it's almost like they were afraid to dispute hideo's vision even though maybe you could argue it was hideous. Am I right? Hey. Oh, God. God, the puns are atrocious. Oh, I'm going to make some kind of ding dung sound after, <laughs> after that one. I really enjoyed that one, actually. <laughs> Listen, the game doesn't look like it's great. I know I wouldn't like it. They Half the, 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 the challenges you face in it are literally hiking. That's The gameplay is based around the difficulty you have climbing hills with precarious Jenga-like packages stacked on your back. Yeah, I remember I said, we were talking about this before, and I said I was always going to hammer that uh, automatic setup button where I don't have to do anything. And all the reviews I've read so far say that's not the right way to go about it, and it makes it so much more difficult. And a lot of the game becomes this balancing act of packages. I'm just like, that could not be any less interesting to me as a gameplay experience. And I've I've talked about before about comic, interesting enough, Why the Last Man, where I thought tedium was important to it. And I think that works maybe when reading things, but I'm not so sure if you buy a gameplay experience and the entire experience is defined by its tedium. <laughs> I don't know if that's see, very useful. See, yeah, that's an important point because like, I I've, I think people are 
have to commit like a good 60 to 70 hours to complete this thing. But by all accounts, literally the first several hours, like 7 to 10 hours, because you don't have much by way of equipment, it's literally you walking from A to B. And that's all it is. From mission to mission, it's you walking around this. Admittedly, the environment is gorgeous, but that's all you're doing. That seems insane. Apparently the music, which and there's licensed songs by churches and things like that in it, but like the music is used so sparingly for effect, which sounds like a good idea in theory. But again, if you're playing a game, where there's no music in the background. The, the level design is pretty bland and there's not much action or exciting things going on. Like after a while, you're going to go, I'm, I'm out like, and especially uh, I'm not paying 60 or 70 quid for that. Like, no way. And it's what's hilarious. I think it's interesting here. It's like, this is Hideo Kojima's, it's his own company, so he calls all the shots. This guy, he wrote the story. He's he's kind of directed it creatively. Obviously, he's a big part of how the gameplay mechanics are built. But he's also he was like the music supervisor on this, so he was dictating how the music was used in the game, how the composer used the tracks that were licensed and everything. Like he's had a heavy hand in everything. So this, and he's thrilled with it by all accounts, according to the videos I've seen. So this is him just completely unfiltered delivering like what he considers a triple a title there you go unfiltered remember i said before about rick and morty and the, the makers of that kind of keeping each other in check and when you let justin ryland off by himself his unfiltered vision is a little bit out there and too out there i think this could be the same i think without people to rein him in a little bit and without him keep kept in check somewhat the complete hideo kojima madness comes out and the complete ludicrosity of some situations are just left unchecked and i think sometimes that will be to its detriment also speaking mm. of rick and morty have you seen the rick and morty that stranding uh promotion thing no it's just like a 30 second clip of rick and morty walking around the death stranding world and talking no about way what the baby is and is like what am i doing with the baby maybe it's a power up eat, 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 eat the baby morty it's it's kind of funny but again it's just, oh, it's a very good impression <laughs> listen i do I, I do a good rick impression <laughs> eat do, the baby more morty Jesus. That's we should do an episode where you're just Rick and I will attend to Morty, but I'm not diving there right now because I, I, I haven't prepared, but that was very good. <laughs> that would be a, Maybe that can be one of the forfeits from episode 25. If, if I lose, I can do a Rick voice the whole way through the episode. Oh, then I have to do the episode alternatively uh, as Vinnie Jones. That's fantastic. <laughs> Somebody said on Twitter, because I said, can you suggest forfeits? Somebody said getting a tattoo. That is not happening. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. I was like, that's instant from like zero to, to tattoo straight away. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. But I, are you going to, like, I'm, I'd be very intimidated by Call of Duty because it's kind of self-contained and I like the kind of, I like that kind of short, shorter campaign. I think the campaign is by comparison, maybe 12 to 15 hours. If if at most, maybe around maybe even 10 to 12 hours. Oh, I, I've, I've heard, I've heard five to six from some places. Uh, yeah, but people like fly through those. I knock, I can, because I, I'm kind of, I like to play the, you know, quite thoroughly. If that makes any sense, but I, I'm kind of slower, kind of going through campaigns anyway. That I could, I could knock a bit of mileage out of it. But that's I like it. It's not, It's just a good, concise campaign that I can. I, I, I feel is manageable in my life these days. <laughs> but yeah, I hear you on that. We were just talking about the uh, inability of both our lives to fit huge freedom-given games, open-world games. It's difficult. It's difficult when you have an adult. Yeah. So life. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so the last thing I want to do is spend seventy hours balancing crates on my back and walking through <laughs> the hills. Balancing Kratos. It's the new God of War expansion. <laughs> um, have you heard about the Russian the Russian controversy of Call of Duty? So they took it down from the PlayStation Store, from what I heard. 
do yourself that, a favor. You're on. You were said you're looking at Metacritic earlier. Uh, Call of Duty on it. Check out their user reviews for Call of Duty. It's currently on two point two, because every Russian person is just signed up to to Metacritic and downvoting it. Uh, uh, apparently, there's some pretty that. pretty heavy heavy war crime <gasps> stuff in there. <laughs> 2,268 negative reviews. Yep. Oh, Jesus. That's crazy, isn't it? They were, no, yeah. I'm, I was going to say uh, they were rushing to get those reviews bad, but that was that was not good. Um, so what's, what, why did, so is that in response to them pulling the game from the store? Oh, or? no, no, no. So apparently, I'm not, I don't know much about the story of the game, but all I know is that I think the Russians are the kind of primary antagonist and they get up to some very, very war crimey stuff in it. So. Ah, there's a lot of unhappy people out there. It's a game I will get when it goes to like 30 quid. That's what I will Which, say about it. Death Stranding? Uh, Call of Duty. Ah, okay. I don't think I'll ever get Death Stranding. I might watch some gameplay stuff, but... Yeah, that's the same as me. I don't think I will ever buy Death Stranding because it'll probably infuriate me. And I'm a real oh, yeah. guy who, when I start a game with a single player campaign, I do try to finish it and I exactly. won't enjoy finishing it. <laughs> exactly. Wouldn't be the first time you didn't enjoy finishing something. Hey, 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 Oh boy! What are we got next? I got something very interesting, and there's very little on it yet. But I think we should chat about it anyway because it lends nicely from the gaming topic we were just talking about. You've probably heard about Free Guy. Have you heard about this? I have never heard of this. I have no idea. Free Guy. Free Guy. Free Guy. Have you heard about Free Guy? I I genuinely haven't. What is Free Guy, Rob? Oh, you haven't heard, right? No, no, really, no, I haven't. Um, so it stars Ryan Reynolds, Wayne Reynolds. Holy God, I have heard about this. Taika Waititi, Jodie Comer, and your man from uh, Stranger Things. I apologize that I could remember three to the four names and not his. Which guy but, from uh, Stranger Things? Oh, um, um, Sexy uh, Hair Steve Man. Steve Harrington. Oh, yeah, that. Well, that's, his, that's the character name, yeah. But. Uh, but anyway, so the idea behind this is Ryan Reynolds plays an NPC in an open world game. He plays like an accountant in it. And then at some point he discovers that he's in a game, obviously. So it's almost like The Matrix meets the Truman Show, as far as I can tell, based on that. Like, that's really all we know about it. The, the, the footage, the teaser they released isn't even a teaser. It's just Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi talking for a minute, pretending like they've never worked with each other before when they famously worked together on Green Lantern because that still is a joke that is the, you know, the embers that fuels Ryan Reynolds' career at this point, it seems. But um, I think this is very interesting, and this is what I wanted to pose to you as a question. Um, Sean Levy, the guy that's directing it, maintain that look i tried to make uncharted i tried to adapt it that the video game is adapting video games into films is nigh on impossible because there's just far more detail in the games themselves so adapting that is always going to disappoint so he feels the fix is we create our own video game world that isn't based on anything we come up with it ourselves and then it is you know by proxy still a video game film that is a thesis that i would fundamentally disagree with if i'm going to be honest with you (laughs) I mean that's a very that's a that's like a cop out. I mean you could say that about a book then or anything or any any I, adaptation. I know, yeah. But I guess what he's saying is I guess he got so just disenchanted trying to adapt Uncharted, but maybe he would this this he maybe he got he was inspired to like approach it this way. I think this sounds like it could be a lot of fun. It sounds like Stranger Than Fiction with um Oh Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, yeah. Except for instead of a book, it's a video game. Yeah, I know, but what's great about this is think about the flexibility and freedom you have just in terms of the general world kind of carry on and the antics they get up to because they're technically based in a video game. I love the idea of that. Oh, it's, a, it's an absolutely great idea. It's like something that started off on college humor or something, isn't it? That's what it sounds like. I don't know. I honestly haven't got a clue. All it, like there's, they're, they're, They've only kind of started really 
releasing sort of the press side of things now and it's all fluff so all we know is a general kind of plot summary he's an accountant in a computer game i guess he comes to know that he's in a game and then it kind of spirals but uh i think that sounds great there's a lot of stuff they could do with it i mean and especially with ryan reynolds who can pretty much carry kind of anything on his own with his brand of humor oh my god detective pikachu i've seen it oh did you saw it at last I, I, a perfect playing movie let me tell you how did you find it did you enjoy it he was a delight he, he was a delight and you're, you're you got you guessed this entire story how did you feel about your premonition i was i was kind of fun watching my uh, psychic abilities unfold in front of me as i watched the film i have to tell you it was very enjoyable like it was actually kind of endearing at times it kind of wore its heart its sleeve that film a little bit like i didn't hate it I mean, I didn't hate it either. It's yeah, it's not what I would have wanted from a Pokemon movie. But look, it's the first, it's the first toe in the water. First, you know, let's try it out and see how we get on. Little Poke Toe. And look, it's not a terrible film. It's just yeah. Nah, he. I mean, he absolutely saves it. Like his charisma comes through that little Pikachu in spades. It's actually unbelievable. I, I I really usually don't like this phrase, but for that film, I would say it is what it is. It is what it is. It is. <laughs> I agree. I mean, you can't you can't dispute it. <laughs> that's my review that's my review it is what it is come come to I understand that reference for the best reviews on the internet (laughs) anyway yeah no I think that was great but I'm interested by this free guy thing I think it could be fun I'll I'll check it out I will check it out Rob this next piece of news I'm really going to put to you because it's more your area of expertise and in fact there's two bits to it technically Um, so did you see one of the Game of Thrones prequels uh, has been cancelled uh huh along with that a new Game of Thrones prequel has been announced. So I, I'm, I, I saw there's kind of bits. Of this well, the main news that I saw was that the guys, the, the uh, Benios and Weiss. The Man, guys you, who, you, you, you caught, you got ahead there ahead of me. That was my next bit. You, you mean you just got there ahead of me? But go for it. Excellent. Uh, that they were because they're working on that Game of Thrones show. They had to bow out of the Star Wars series they were working on. Is that what you were going to lead into? Well, that, that's what I was eventually going to get to, yeah. Um, but basically, there is, a, there is a prequel series coming out for Game of Thrones, and it's on HBO's streaming service, HBO Max. But yes, also, along with that, the two guys who are going from the Game of Thrones who stepped out of the last series to direct the Star Wars and new Star Wars trilogy have now also bowed out of the new Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, it's because, apparently, so they're under contract with like Netflix and HBO, and they were not liking the suggested amount of time that will be taken away working on Netflix shows for all the Star Wars stuff. So I think contractually there was a little bit of conflict there. That's what I read into it. So they had to bow out, but it's not like that was going to stop HBO from piping out some more Game of Thrones shows. Like there's so much lore that they can just make up, let alone pull from in like the the other kind of anthologies of the books. So I think this was always, I mean, this could have easily happened, but it was never going to be the downfall of I mean, the TV show we get could be the one that originally started. It's just changed hands. I think really is what's happened here. Well, well, the original was kind of the the, the first prequel one was had like Naomi Watts was originally lined up for it and a few others. It didn't have a name or anything, but I think it was very much just tried to be swept under the rug because the new one that they've announced is it is actually based on one of the the prequel books. The, it's mm. going to be called uh, House of the Dragon. And apparently it's about the Targaryen Ugh. civil war known as the Dance of the Dragons. Now remember, I know nothing about Game of Thrones, Rob. So I'm just throwing words out there and hoping that some of them stick with you. Well, I uh, think that that name is silly, first and foremost. <laughs> I, don't like the sound of, I don't like the sound of that. 
it's it's all speculative at this point, so it's kind of hard to tell whether this is going to be any use. Obviously, as I described in depth last time, they ended the last one poorly. So, and also, I'm just you know, I'm I'm a bit tired of Game of Thrones right now. We've had a lot of it. Um, I'm I'm enjoying the break. Um, I've, I actually was quite stressed. Well, stress is the wrong word to use, but I was stressed. Let's call it that. Going into the final season because I felt like I'd kind of forgotten how it'd been going on for so long that I'd forgotten how the previous few, some other seasons, some middling seasons kind of unfolded from kind of more subtle character kind of standpoints and who was in and who was out. So I felt like I was obliged to kind of rewatch a lot of those. Couldn't get through it. There's too much of it. Yeah. And then by the time the end of it kind of ended the way it did, I was just so fatigued. I'm like, Jesus, give us 10 years before you bring out another one of these massive, big budget Game of Thrones Yeah, Tons like it is, epics. but sure, look, there's money to be made, I guess. Uh, the, the ironic oh, thing I'm is... sorry, like, HBO. Jeez, I'm sorry you want to make more money. It, Christ. <laughs> there is like a karmic thing, though, isn't there, that like the guys rushed through the last series to such negative reviews so they could make the Star Wars trilogy and now have to also walk away from that Star Wars trilogy. There's some kind of poetic karma to that. Like, that's mm. what you get, guys. That's what you get. Actually, speaking of Star Wars, have you seen the trailer? There's a final trailer doing the rounds. People are loving it. There's music in it. It swells. Oh, they're running. The, the blasters they're firing. Oh, have you seen it? I I've, I have seen it. It, it does absolutely nothing for me. It's just, <laughs> there's, the music is swelling again. I'm like, guys, you did this two films ago. You, you gotta, you, you gotta do something else, like, right? Oh, God, that was excellent. I should have seen that. Just mess with it stinks, absolute it obstinance. Just <laughs> they have just cheated you and wronged you too many times for you to care. Th- at really, this point. that's that, and that is genuinely the truth about it. Um, the, did you enjoy the trailer? Did you see it? Um, I knew what they were up to in the trailer, so I was cynical a little bit as I was watching it. But at the same time, I'm like, hmm, I'm intrigued. How this is going to play out. What I will say I'm intrigued by is: Have you seen the trailer for The Mandalorian, <laughs> the Star Wars TV show on Disney Plus? The latest trailer. Yes. That show looks fantastic. It it looks good, doesn't it? It looks it looks very grounded. I like yeah. the grounded stuff. It I looks like, like it's I, I feel like I'm looking at physical sets and you know doors that are closing on people's heads. That kind of thing. It looks real, and it has a certain confidence that those other Star Wars movies have just lacked so far. Oh my god, this it's, this it's one is comfortable in its own skin. You know, absolutely, it is, and it's again, it's that benefit of less is more. You know, just strip it back, just a few key characters to focus on, a, scale down the universe a little bit where they've kind of trapped him. I think the idea is that in the story, he's kind of, he, he can't really get from where he is, so he's he's using the bounty hunting to, to literally fuel his spaceship. Like, not just to fuel his journey as a character, but like, he actually needs fuel, I think but, is a big part of like how he gets around. And, and you know what, as well, that, like, I love the way, like you said, he humanizes the characters, that's all you need, and... I also love that this isn't just, oh, look, it's Boba Fett. You know, it's like, no, no, this is a separate character. This is a guy with a story, somebody you've not met before. You mightn't recognize any of these characters. And which that's, is great. Which is fantastic, which is what we needed from a Star Wars film. The only one you'll recognize is Werner Herzog. Bounty hunting is a dangerous profession. <laughs> all, all I could think about was that uh, Rick and Morty episode. Oh Jesus! Where, I where forgot he was Ga- in there. Uh, Jerry has to give up his uh, <laughs> his penis. <laughs> his penis for the heart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like the greatest man the universe has ever known. <laughs> that's interdimensional day. cable too, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, everybody's got a plumbus. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's plumbus. what that's from. Oh God, I love the plumbus. <laughs> First, you start off with a bunch of schleams. I mean. <laughs> 
that was, I remember I put on that that clip like the first time my mother saw any bit of Rick and Morty I put that on and she genuinely thought there was something actually snapped in my brain like <laughs> then you drain the schleams <laughs> it's it's such you can tell just by the sound of it that he's just he doesn't know the sound he's going to make as he says it so that's why they sound particularly funny I think like oh, you can completely. tell that he's just you're, it's better that you're all in on the joke that he's clearly made this up as he's gone along that's why it's people really enjoy it when they're watching it I think but, but at anyway, the same time the though point. it's done so so well as in it's exactly but they animate like, to it they animate <laughs> That's coming back November 23rd. I cannot wait. It's going to be great. But yeah, I think The Mandalorian looks super. I t- I'm obviously, high expectations. I know very little about it, but it, like, it just looks like grounded effects. And to quickly digress for a second, we can talk about this in more detail. Have you heard of a movie called I Am Mother? Have you heard about this? I Am Mother? Yes. No, I have not. But I made you into the woman that you are so that we could do this together. I'll quickly summarize it, basically... Um, it, it starts off with literally this this baby being born and a robot caring uh, for it from birth and raising it right up into adulthood, into its mid-30s. And basically the idea is that hum- humanity is basically extinct. There's an apocalyptic level of disaster outside. They're in some sort of bunker, very technologically advanced bunker, that kind of... But it's just the child, ultimately then, that becomes a grown woman and then this robot. And anyway, stuff happens. The way it plays, it's, it's a really interesting, but well worth a watch. This is really cool kind of close-knit indie kind of sci-fi level stuff but one reason it's so effective is because the robot the, the mother in this circumstance is mostly done with practical effects so it's all puppeted but i mean to fantastic levels of detail and if it, it, it feels so believable and grounded the way it interacts and moves and sort of motions to the human characters in in the film that's when sci-fi is effective and that's why i think I realize why the more grounded sci-fi stuff is more interesting because it has that more tactile kind of feel to it. Then when you get the big blockbuster stuff with Star Wars, I'm just so kind of like, Jesus, sure, they've all they've done here is just thrown a lot of effects at this. There's no charm to it or there's no sense of style. Um, that's probably a little harsh. Some of, the, some of the shots in that final trailer did look gorgeous. But for no, the Mandalorian... No, 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 I, I think you're completely right. It, it, it's all, it all seems a little heartless. Whereas maybe... With the originals, it I think there was a certain groundedness to it. But I think now, it, because they have so much ability to do things with the effects, I think they've completely forgotten what matters in these films or what should matter, which I think, is the core uh, char- yeah. characters. I think the, down- the downfall of big budget movies is the very fact that they have a big budget. Uh, I Am Mother is great because they had a very it was a tiny budget so they had to they had to like that restricts how you come up with stuff same with now look The Mandalorian is still a different thing but it doesn't have the same scale of, they have to stretch the budget over like whatever 10 episodes so well I suppose they spent like 15 million episodes so who am I kidding but they're still a little bit more kind of restricted in kind of what they can do because it's for TV and I think that kind of hones you in a little bit and just makes things a little bit more concentrated and as a result Maybe more effective if it's done well. I watched Terminator 1 recently and it proves the point of exactly what you're saying. They did not have a big budget. It was one of James Cameron's kind of early movies in his career. And because they could do so little with practical effects, they were forced to really make you care about the characters and they were forced to make every practical effect count. And you know what? That film oozes substance and oozes character because of that very fact. It works. Oh, it absolutely pays off. But that's what I'm telling you. I think... I think we've done it. I think we've done it. I think, I think the last or what is it? The last, what's it called? The rise, the of, rise Skywalker? of the Skywalker. 
I think it's just going to be what it is. I don't think it's necessarily going to blow our minds, but I think we'll probably still enjoy it to an extent. Well, I probably, I've, I'm not nearly as invested in this strategy as you are. Yeah, well, so I, I mean, think I think, no, I think I'll get through it pretty okay. You're going to be, you're not that film is going to is not going to come out unscathed after you've seen it. Well, I, I mean, look after after the last after the last Jedi, I, I really don't think my my expectations or my feelings can be hurt or brought down anymore by it so look at this rate i'll just watch it to watch it you know so that maybe that's a good what? thing maybe no expectations are better Fact star wars watch i am mother what, what, you don't what's, know what's, it what's it on is it on netflix that's or great i think it actually is coming to netflix to be honest at this i point. am mother i will check out some trailers or something for that because that actually sounds really interesting oh it's great it's like a sci-fi thriller nice. oh do you know why you like it because it really reminds you me of moon oh well then sign me the bloody hell up yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, right, uh, I guess then, Rob, unless there's anything tremendously important you want to touch upon the news, shall we move on to our kind of discussion piece again today? One final thing I did want to say is one interesting bit of casting. Uh, Zoe Kravitz was cast as Catwoman in the Batman movie that's coming out with Robert Pattinson. So he's definitely locked in, um, and she's in as, as Catwoman, which is interesting because I wasn't, you know, like, suddenly we've just realized that she's going to be in it. Selena Kyle is going to be in it. I thought that was interesting that they've started to trickle out like this this movie is now officially the ball's really starting to roll um, and, kind of and, and Commissioner Gordon right was uh, let me see if I can look this up really quickly in front of me here um, yes Jeffrey Wright has been confirmed as Commissioner Gordon in yes Batman. great casting that is actually brilliant casting to be honest uh, he's a really good actor he's not like the huge forefront of any films but um, but that's where he's excelled I think as that supporting actor he's great that's the guy from Westworld, isn't it? If I'm I have never seen Westworld, but I will just oh, say yes. Is he, he from Bond? He is in one of the Bond films, and he was also in um, uh, Source Code, which is the sequel to Moon, just to, to bring it right back there. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, great, yeah. that's There's some fun casting in there. He's a super supporting kind of actor uh, and kind of probably has the nice reserved attitude for Commissioner Gordon, I think, actually. Yeah, um, I'm actually really happy with that. Really, really happy with that casting. Um, yeah, he was in Casino right. Royale, by the way, so well done. Oh, very good. Okay, super. Well, no, that's all I want to say. I just thought it was interesting that they've really started. The ball is actually rolling. The bat is moving. Oh, the bat is mobile. The casting seems really good. Yeah, and I think, listen, I mean, we're, we're beating around a bush here of, like, obviously, the, the, the difference between Zack Snyder and, um, Jesus, what's his jaw? The guy who directed Planet of the Apes. Uh, Matt Reeves. Two. Matt Reeves, just he's obviously more thoughtful and more deliberate with how he approaches his movies. So I have high hopes for what he's capable of doing. I think the story's gonna be a little bit more restrained, stripped back, less is more, all that good stuff, and not designed like and not designed like a music video, basically. Is what <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah, it's a good point. And there'll be lessons learned from the Joker as well. I would say. Oh yeah, absolutely. Some Interesting very... to see if they even include him because there's just been so much Joker stuff over the last couple of years. I really hope they don't. Yeah, just leave him out. Leave him, give, give us one film, one Batman film, without the Joker. Let, let's see how it works out. Batman has like an incredible catalogue of villains. You don't need to use the Joker all the time. Yep, completely agree. Again, his, the scarcity breeds interest for me, so there you go. In the Perfect. film, that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I'm with that. Let's 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 chew on into our let's move on into our uh, discussion piece. Um. So basically, we did it last week as well, and we're kind of talking about interesting narrative choices, either good or bad, in in either movies or books or games or whatever. Um. Do you mind if I if I lead 
if I, if I jump with, into this? Fi- fire away, buddy. Right, now, Rob, I'm going to sort of turn this into a semi-review, and you haven't seen the film, but do you care anything about Terminator Dark Fate? No. So you don't mind if I completely spoil it for you? No. Okay, spoilers are high and ahead, listeners, so if you don't want to get Terminator Dark Fate spoiled for you, spoilers are high. switch off now. Saved three billion lives. Enough of a resume for you? No. You may have changed the future, but you didn't change our fate. Um, the film is, is absolutely god-awful. It is terrible. It's already completely sank as another trilogy again, because um, it's now... There's a 120 million loss or something so far already. Um, it's doing absolutely terrible. It's flopping at the box office, and I think plans now to go ahead with the trilogy have already been pushed back again. Um, again, I mean another again. The third failed trilogy of, of Terminator films. I mean, I look it up for you, buddy. It's made 123 million worldwide so oh, far. That can't be good. That that I'm certainly sure can't be good. Um, but the, the, what it costs 200 millions. That's definitely not good. Oh Jesus! Jeez, that is not good, actually. Um, but the this one specific thing I want to talk about is, and again, it's the narrative choice, okay? And this film perfectly showed what I'm trying to highlight when we talk about these things here. The what happens at the very start of the film, literally two minutes into the film, is set after Terminator Two. They have de-aged Linda Hamilton, uh, Edward Furlong, young Edward Furlong is in it. They look exactly like the characters from the end of Terminator Two. It's all, you know, we did it. We stopped Judgment Day and everything seemed to be going well. And then a de-aged Arnold Schwarzenegger, they're on a beach on the, on, on the waterfront and a de-aged Arnold Schwarzenegger walks up, shoots the young child, Edward Furlong, John Connor, in the, in the chest and kills him stone dead. Oh, God. That's how the film starts. And then the credits just come up. Now, we just John, uh, John Connor, of course, is the savior of humanity in all the other Terminator films. Terminator 2 was entirely about his relationship with the Terminator and building him up as a person and getting us to, you know, appreciate him as a character. Doesn't even get lines in the film, killed in the first two minutes. It's so lazy and so badly done. It's it's so insulting to all fans of the original films who'd come to care about these characters. It reminded me of that moment in Alien 3 that I always talk about on the podcast when uh, Newt and Hicks are just mercilessly killed off off screen at the start of the film. I, I just hate when stories either can't find a clever way to get around the problem or just maybe, you know, maybe just don't use the characters again or something. I just hate when you have to be so creatively lazy to just kill off somebody in a really, really poor way and do it just so they can tell a different story. Um, it doesn't really serve the story at all because they stop Skynet and Terminator 2 at the end of the film this film starts off with, yep, you stopped Skynet, but essentially another Back ex- on. <laughs> exactly the same thing. Apocalypse happens with almost the same robots called Terminators with, with you know metal underneath skin, but it's just that it's by a thing called Legion this time. It's the only difference, and instead of the savior being John Connor, it's it's a woman called Danny, Danny Reyes. Everything else about the film is the same. It's just Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 all over again, done a lot worse. But because it starts off on such a poor footing, I mean, I was in the cinema and two minutes in, that happened. You're not going to win me back after that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of the, the series of films that you have grown up with and have been a fan with all your life have had these revival sequels that have come out in the last few years that have just, from the get-go, 
smashed any fondness you've had <laughs> of those those series or certainly of any hope you've had for them going forward that's for sure uh, completely like it's just 100 percent the film at the very start i laughed because there's a scene where all the terminators come out of the water and it just looks awful absolutely awful <laughs> but then that scene comes on directly after now like imagine me as a fan and like everyone loves terminator 2 terminator 1 kyle reese and sarah connor and you care about those characters and you know, Sarah Connor survives and then has John Connor and Terminator 2 comes along and you learn to, that the relationship is so important to those characters and you care about it. Then this film starts and just kills him. Just kills him as a kid. <laughs> and there you go, he's dead now. So it just completely invalidates the other two films and you're like, okay. Which is interesting because isn't this supposed to be canon? Like James Cameron has backed this. He's like, this is canon. I'm back on board. Look at me, I'm James Cameron. I'm back from the deep. Literally. Well, obviously, actually maybe... The um the, the the Terminator's coming out of the water is a metaphor for James Cameron yeah, coming out of the water he's, he's from a submarine to kill his own franchise. Kill the past, kill it if you have to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, his mind is clearly lost. Um, he is very much walking back his involvement with this film ever since the I reviews came out. Like really, like oh no, I didn't, I didn't see the final cut of the film. Oh, oh, not at all. No, that was all. Uh, that was all Tim Miller. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. But there was an interview with Tim Miller on the very point of, look, you know, did you take that decision lightly? And he just says, ah, no, it wasn't really a controversial decision for me at all. He's like, it wouldn't be an interesting film if John was just now a boring 35-year-old accountant with nothing to do in his life, you know? So I didn't want that. So instead, we just killed him. And you're like, that is so intellectually lazy. Like, you're the, you're, you know, you're the director of the film and you probably have a hand in the writing of the film. Just, just write, write a different story, you know? You do something interesting with that character. Maybe like Kyle Reese in Terminator 1 with the post-traumatic stress disorder. Maybe have him all messed up because of what happened and trying to come to terms with who he is now. And, you know, oh, he's no longer the saviour of humanity. But this person is. So maybe have him be the person to look, oh, I was in your role. I can try to help you out or something like that. Just don't just brutally murder him at the start of the film and be like, okay, that's done. <laughs> Let's move on now. That's our film now. Was there anything redeeming in it? Was there any kind of interesting action sequences? Because that's also something that the series, certainly the one and two, particularly two, is famous for. Okay, like, was there, like, I would have thought that with at least Cameron and, and Miller on board, you'd at least get something interesting from that side of things in there. So there's a, there's a very, at the very, very start, there is a, a scene, a chase in the highway. And the problem is, because it's aping Terminator 2 so much, you're going to constantly make comparisons. And the problem ah. is, this film fails really badly in that category because the edits are really strange it's very hard to tell in something some scenes what's happening the cgi is terrible linda hamilton is fantastic in it she's absolutely okay, brilliant she's really good but as an actress i mean but the character is basically like everyone hates her they constantly call her a bitch and an asshole and an idiot and everybody says they want to punch her all the time and <laughs> she gets no redeeming kind of moments She's just she's just an idiot in it and made to look really really silly. I I can't for the life of me understand why she would come back for the role. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Money. He's, well, money. There you go. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger comes in at the end. He's in it for about twenty minutes. Uh, and again, I was watching Terminator One recently, and Kyle Reese gives this whole speech about you know the Terminator will not stop. It has no emotions. It has no feelings. It doesn't feel pity or remorse. It will never stop. Whereas Arnold Schwarzenegger in this film. Basically, after he killed John Connor, because his purpose was complete, he uh, he married a woman, and they raised an adopted child together, and he opened up a, dra- a, 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 a curtain company called Carol's Curtains, and he has friends and a life and everything and a dog. It is 
it is madness. It is insane how how far removed they got the concept. And again, just the narrative choice. I'm like, why would you choose to take this story down this path? Like, why you had so much room to do so many things with it? And you know, if you want to bring in new characters, that's absolutely fine. But and don't even you don't even have to use Sarah Connor or John Connor or anything. But just bringing them back to to crap on them and really, really almost make you feel bad for ever supporting them. It's it's really strange. It's it is strange. What I think is interesting is at what point regardless of whether Kyle Reese made that speech he's a robot why why would he be motivated to get married why would someone marry a robot I don't understand that storyline what how does that make sense I thought when you saw him as an old guy in the trailer there was speculation that that was the the original man that, that they was based on that yeah. was based and I thought that could be an interesting wrinkle maybe that guy has like a checkered past related to Skynet or he has the, the, the he knows what to do to beat the term you know like they could have made an interesting human out of him but I guess that would require Arnold Schwarzenegger to act I actually hadn't thought about that before I started my argument but um, <laughs> well you've literally come up with a more interesting concept than what they use in this film like that is an interesting seems- concept yeah, well, I guess I'm basing it off what the speculation was. I actually heard you blush there, by the way. You were like, well, well, well I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't mind if I do. Good. That's it. That's right. Get I get get into the backseat. I'm driving this podcast. Get out of here. But um, I don't know. I think that sounds weird. I'm not I'm not bothered. Like, there's nothing groundbreaking in what you just described to me. It sounds like that does. If, if the only spoilers there are that, that the Terminator gets married and that they shoot <laughs> a guy at the start of the movie, if that's the extent of how spoilerific that review is then there's obviously not much we're talking about it at all in the entire body of the movie oh it it, it is it, it is just a shot for shot remake of terminator one i would say because mm. it just take out kyle reese and put in a new character called grace ah <sighs> well what an interesting narrative direction that was <laughs> amen i all, i just wanted to get in a good bit talked about terminator because i mean i was really oh i walked out of that cinema man huh <sighs> Not in a good way. So, Rob, <laughs> what is your narrative choice? Do you reckon we have time for one? Ah, uh, yeah. Go on, play it out a quick one there, sir. Um, well, my one isn't as isn't as personal to me anyway. But um, it was just one that I'd written down from before because I did find it annoying because it was just stupid as a thing. It was just stupid. And this is again, it's it's that trouble with you know, um, you know, the fear of the sequel. How do we make sure it's we build on what's the, the success the first one delivered and how do we make how do we double down on that and make it better so I'm talking about Kingsman the Golden Circle <laughs> say goodbye to the Kingsman kind of got a bit of a save the world situation here boys yes. what a clusterfuck I'd found this to be um, I really enjoyed the uh, the first one the, King, uh, the, the Kingsman um, Matthew Vaughn uh, and his finest work, he's, he's had a knack for starting off franchises very effectively. Kick-Ass, X-Men First Class, a personal favourite of yours, um, Kingsman as well. Like, this guy is very capable, but he just made it weird and ma- and, and, and took some, di- some direction in this that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, <clears throat> for example, and I think the key part is here, is that they basically completely took away any of the emotional impact from the first one by bringing back some of the main characters that died in the last one <laughs> and then needlessly killing other characters in this one. Yeah, just like it replacing them, like, with a first... But, but laughably so. Like, it's like they decided, oh, Jesus Christ, 
we contracted Colin Firth for two films and now we we killed him though. So what about, oh Jesus, we weren't even thinking this through. Uh, let's just let's just give him a brain gel, bring him back. <laughs> a literal brain gel, by the way. That's not bring a him back. that's not a hyperbole. But like obviously I'm talking about some very specific moments here, but in general kind of what they decided to do is it was the messiest kind of distributed distribution of characters I've ever seen in a film that you don't know what the hell's going on. Here's my point. They 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 essentially kill a guy, a bad guy in the last one, he comes back as a robot. They kill Colin Firth at the end of the last one. He comes back alive seeing butterflies. They um give Mark Strong's character a little bit more purpose in this one, build him up to be an agent, the thing he's always wanted to be, only for him to be killed immediately in the most stupid fashion I've <laughs> ever seen in my life. Well. <laughs> he gets less screen time and less action as a spy than Elton John fucking does in Feathers. The, the, the movie is so lost in its own, what it thinks is charm and wit and kind of sort of tongue-in-cheekness that it just falls apart at the seams. They introduce this big Kentucky dimension called the the, the, the Whiskey Men, or whatever the bloody hell they're called, the lads with the whips, the lasso guys. And they build up this big thing that the slick agent in town is Channing Tatum. Oh, boy, you can't wait for Channing Tatum to come along. Let me tell you, Channing Tatum is ready to start a swinging and a hooling and a dancing. What do they do? He falls asleep after five minutes. He's, he's out of the movie. Forget Instantly. about him. Don't, don't worry about him. He's gone. Instantly. Like... He's in it and he's out of it quicker than you can say lasso. Let me tell you, I, I I'm <sighs> that movie fell apart at the seams from the get go. And when you one, realize... one of the other really important bits, and that I hated it actually, is in the first Kingsman film, uh, there is a, a fellow secret agent that goes through all the training with him. He doesn't have like a romantic involvement with her. She's just a friend of his that they went through together, and they're both agents at the end of the movie. She gets randomly killed off screen in this film. Oh, you're one. Yeah, there's like a bomb just hits the the base and the just kills it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> the one female spy gets the, killed. The one well, female spy that's in it, and again, like it's not as if it serves a purpose or he's particularly cut up about it. It just it just happens, and that's it. It's never mentioned again. But that's why I think it's interesting. Is that like you would think she would step up to the plate and like you know, fulfill the role of one of those agents, but instead they just kill her and bring Colin Firth back. <laughs> It's, it's funny though. <laughs> like, the, the, I, like the movie doesn't certainly doesn't shed women in a particularly favorable light. Well, and that that's is encapsulated, for sure. encapsulated perfectly in essentially what is a recreation of um, uh, Apocalypse Now, with like a helicopter panning view of what is. Let me just say, it disappears into a legless land. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Do you remember that bit? Oh, I, I remember. I was like, is, he's surely not going to bring up this scene, is he? But you, you did. Yeah, we have to address how, like, that is, like, come on, talk about creative directions and a narrative decision to go with. That's, he's supposed to be the super spy, and that's the route they take in one of the scenes. It's like, every, I'd, I'd say it's every appalling. decision they made in that film, surely somebody must have sat down and gone, guys, really? A brain gel that's used more than once in the film to just cure somebody from basically death. Forget the brain gel. You want to put that tracking pill where? Well, that's Excuse me? <laughs> I was trying to veer away from that again, Rob. <laughs> no, I can't let that go. I, I was, I, when I was watching they it. They put that, that in the movie. No, when I was watching that scene, I was I couldn't I couldn't believe what I was watching. Oh, it's it's actually unbelievable. Um like, but it's a mess as a result because you have this kind of oh who's the go, go by well, who's the bad guy 
because Channing Tatum is gone, then um, the guy who the guy who's in it, Pedro Pascal, he's actually the guy playing the Mandalorian. Actually, interesting. Yeah, it's true that to bring it back again. He's good in it, but like you could see him being the bad guy a million miles away as well. They they were very heavy handed with kind of how they they kind of laid a bit of menace behind that character, so that wasn't a great kind of creative decision and either. And you, t- you think they're going to do something different with it, but then they just don't. <laughs> yeah, it's just not, no, oh no, that's it. No, that's, that we were laying the breadcrumbs because because the exact thing just happened. <laughs> oh. We laid the breadcrumbs straight into a meat grinder because that's where he ended up. Into the meat grinder. Oh God, I, I, I can't get over how annoying that movie was. They were all over the place. And then what the other one was so kind of, well, they established this Kingsman world. It was fun. It was quippy. It was, it was offbeat. Um, it was the answer to James Bond. And then they decided, well, let's just fuck that out the window. And, and things had weight and emotion to them. I'm really glad you chose this one. Actually, I think that is a that's a, a fantastic example of just how off the rails a, a sequel can go. It really is like. Oh, it's daft. The technology was too far fetched. It wasn't kind of. There was kind of an old school tech charm to the first one you know the gadgets they had and like was just umbrellas and things like that and then you've got Halle Berry in this very goofy role god you forget she was in it that was a big cast in that by the way Julianne Moore was the villain Elton John was in it far 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 too he was an actual character in the movie oh god it was so silly but it's funny and the reason I picked that one as well is because obviously there's a there's a sequel coming out again because that one still made enough money it made about 400 million dollars that it so they're but you can they're really obviously going back they're they're drawing it back a bit because now they've gone back in time it's a little bit more old fashioned uh, I, just it looks very different stylistically again to the golden circle which you know all that tells me is that they were like they're just going to be like well let's just forget about that other one <laughs> what let's have just we make done? this one in. but Ugh. here's the thing does does the first one have enough positives that it can cancel out the sheer amount of negatives the sequel has I think the, the 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 only reason the only way the third one can be a success is if it's exceptional and that people are like, "Wow, well, no, this is really worth seeing." That's what will get that. That's what will drop people back in. If it's genuinely good, word of mouth will do them some favors as well. Yeah, you have to work against the last one. I think I completely agree. Oh, with you. absolutely. You really gotta. You gotta. You, and you almost have to put your hand up and go kind of unabashedly like, "This is a very different film." Again, we we realize how ridiculous the last one was. How awful awful it was all those creative decisions are so poor and the one that i think summarizes it perfectly for me is how stupid it is when mark strong characters when his character dies he's got this gadget for everything and then he stands in a mine and they just let him sing it out they don't do anything they just let him die take me home country roads yeah and they all just yeah the the other agents are just like oh i guess we have literally no choice no no come on guys (laughs) come on guys be a bit creative. And he's too and he's too happy and okay with the fact that he's about to get blown up by a mine. It doesn't oh my god, it's ridiculous. Completely. Anyway, agree. can you tell I'm a little bit annoyed by that? No, oh no, listen, listen, man. I, I I'm right there with you for that film. I'm actually really glad you chose that. Yeah, really right there with you. Right then, Rob. Uh we've got a few little more things to do before we end, but is there something you want to have a go at, maybe, no? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um hang on, I have it written down here. Let me have a look here. See, all I'm seeing is a poem in front of me right now. What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me alive. What did we even talk about? God, that rhyming is really throwing me off. Um, is it two different characters saying that, or is it the one person? It's the one person. Hmm. I'm blanking a bit here, buddy, I think. Um, 
I was inclined to think initially maybe it was like Terminator or something because it sounds like it could be something a character says about maybe a Kyle Reese-like character, but it, it, it doesn't sound like anything from the film. I'm going to bow out of this one. I, I do not understand that reference. Ooh, you're going to kick yourself on this one, man. What? What? what, what is it from a Terminator? It, no, it's not. It's a character who has only five lines in total in this film, oh. and it is Boba Fett. You son of a bitch. Star Wars. You the Empire Strikes Back, right, son of a bitch! <laughs> I even mentioned I can hear the Boba I can hear Fett the I can hear the delivery of a behind the helmet now. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was the rhyme man. The rhyme, I've never heard the rhyme before until I spoke it. Ah oh, no, I didn't. It didn't. That one really didn't jump out at me. Like it, it. Even as we were going through stuff, I was kind of conscious of it at the start, and I was like, oh my god, I'm not sure here. I'm gonna be honest. I wouldn't have got that myself, and that's the hand of my heart. <laughs> oh, Genuinely, wouldn't have got thanks. it myself. <laughs> But, no, but when I was saying, I said, you said Bounty Hunter and I said Boba Fett, I'm like, oh, oh, you did bring him up. Ah, I, I completely missed that. Right. Then just before we go, Rob, uh, just before mm. we have our last section, I'm going to play. Of course. <laughs> I didn't forget. <laughs> We're going to do our next section, which is oh. whistleblowers. <laughs> whistleblowers. 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 Where I played a tin whistle. Of a team tune from a movie, and see if Rob can guess it. Diddly doo doo doo. Oh man, I'm really, I'm really happy with this week's one. I'm so happy oh. with it. <laughs> it's gonna come across awfully now. Watch this. Okay, you ready? Ah, fire away. Okay, okay. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what makes it unmistakably you? Is because. The theme starts off quite recognisable, and then you've got the guts of it, and then you just kind of go. <laughs> oh, it, you know, it just it loses itself completely. I mean, I could have gone on to. Uh... No, no, no. Never mind. Uh... <laughs> never mind. Yeah. Anyway, it goes on for a while longer, but it gets so much harder. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that is from the Steven Spielberg classic Jurassic Park. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> anyway there you go yep well done now, Rob can you please Jesus. do an impression of a brachiosaurus sneezing <laughs> Jesus this is the brachiosaurus sneezing I'm sure you can do it with the tin whistle <laughs> so loud tell my wife oh my god I'm a dinosaur <laughs> oh, oh I resurrected that the other day I don't know how I found it. Oh, I'll definitely put that gif up on the Twitter. That uh, is so good, man. Fucking fantastic, that gif. <laughs> I remember the first time I came across it. I mean, I looked at it for about 24 hours straight, just continuously laughing. <laughs> that was years ago. We were working together at the time, and you burst into the office. You were like, look at this. <laughs> and you turned your computer monitor around, and the gif was already on the monitor. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Right, Rob. All we got to do now is 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 end the show with our ending segment, which is of course the world famous. Ross fact, Rob. Ross fact, Rob. Ross fact, Rob. Fact. Rob. Fact. The facts. They're here. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are here. Um, Rob, do you want to go first, or shall I? Sure, I'll belt off with this one. All right, leave your leave your belt on if possible. Uh, not gonna happen this is the Kingsman episode oh, it's oh, not Jesus <laughs> Christ oh, I pity that oh, camera God. tonight <laughs> <laughs> anyway quickly moving along so the Rob fact this week is are you ready buddy go for it okay 
So, in the adored classic, The Wizard of Oz, the snow used in some of the latter scenes is made of asbestos. <laughs> holy, holy. Dark stuff. Okay. All right. How about that? Uh, How about that? You said dark stuff. I mean, quite the opposite. It's it's not. Anyway, um, right. My Ross fact this week is, of course, Terminator-based. So, of course, the famous line that Anne Schwarzenegger uses, I'll be back, was originally scripted as, I'll return. Ding, ding. Hello. What was that? <laughs> what was that? I, I keep trying to experiment with sound effects, and, and I'm just peppering them in here so that when you're editing, they're just little gems, little nuggets. That you can play around with. Uh, look, that last episode, there was genuinely forty seconds of just me laughing that I that I put me inserted music over because it was just got goddamn <laughs> funny. <laughs> Little nuggets, just you playing with your nuggets, Rob. Um, well, that's the new Kingsman, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did we do it? We've done it, Rob. We've got to the end of another episode of episode twenty, which is just unbelievable when you think about it. Definitely, it's unbelievable. Um, just want to give a quick shout out, as ever, to the uh, Pod Nation group of podcasters because we're all helping each other out and supporting each other and tweeting and retweeting and sharing. So, cheers, everybody! Uh, it's a great list. Some really good stuff to to to, to find there, and we're mm, a part I'm... of the list as well. The, currently, the top liked bloody list on on Podchaser. We're part of that. And uh, for folks who I guess are listening and have reviewed through all that there's a lot of reviews up there that are very complimentary so thank you for that 33 5 out of 5 reviews thank you so much to everybody that's crazy can you believe it I didn't think anyone would like us let alone 33 I just want to say you. that's crazy right <laughs> wow, <laughs> man, crazy. killing us here <laughs> <laughs> well we're thrilled regardless damn right we are but genuinely thank you so much for everybody who does review us because and takes the time to do it because it really helps us um, and of course we really appreciate it and we appreciate any feedback we get at all Rob where can people find us oh oh boy can they find us and I'll tell them let me tell you <laughs> it's like a root in your pocket for a sheet <laughs> I am <laughs> just like rattled I'm just like oh Jesus oh, Jesus somebody had me the <laughs> Okay, so they can find us on all the usual suspects of um, of uh, podcast players, the likes of Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Podchester, obviously, is one that we're a big part of now, apparently. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Poddale, I'm going to keep including that one. The Irish one, at Go Loud Now, which I don't know if they particularly like us over there, but anyway. <laughs> Why would you say that? Well, like, they're all like, oh, we love in- uh, indie-, indie podcasts, indie Irish podcasts, and then everything on their, on their feed is just, like, news talk, news talk, Today FM, Today FM, news talk, news talk, Today FM, classic hits, classic hits. I'm like, oh, I see what's going on here. Ah, so it's just RTE's podcast. Yeah, essentially. Division, basically. All right, well, let's not, let's not give them uh, an arm up. Um, yeah, and we've also got a website, capunderstands.com. There's some stuff on there. Uh, there's also a Twitter handle, at capunderstands, that Ross curates... Uh, to great aplomb yeah, religiously you. one might say religiously um, I think he started another life on Twitter um, I'm concerned for him and his well-being uh, but look it's doing well for us so I'm not going to stop him right now that's for <laughs> it sure it benefits me so I'm going to <laughs> parasitically leech off him like a but you know Ross puts up some great games up on there and challenges and quizzes and polls and tidbits and videos and snippets and goodies and nuggets so be sure to check all that stuff out as well thank you so much for listening uh, Rob 
I hope you uh, have yes. uh, hope you had a good time with me here today. I, I've had a good time. Was it worth coming back from Japan for? Well, okay, hang on now. Not out of the woods yet. Um, no, it was. I think I'd, I'd, had, I'd had my fill of Japanese culture, but it's time to get back to reality of sitting on the edge of my bed, speaking into a microphone on a cold Monday night. <laughs> what could be better? <laughs> <laughs> but listen, let's wrap it up there, buddy. Um, again, everybody, thanks so much, Rizzy. It's been, it's been, what a journey, 20 episodes, shocking stuff, but uh, we'll leave you with that revelation, uh, and all that's left to say, basically, is I've been Rob. And I've been Ross. And this has been I Understood That Reference. Thanks so much for listening. Whoop, 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 whoop. 20 episodes. 20, 20, 20 vision. Are you looking for some great indie podcasts to listen to? Check out the Pod Nation list on podchaser.com, where you can find a list of great indie podcasts. Get links to their official websites and even listen to some of their episodes without needing to create an account or log in. Here's an example of one of the great indie podcasts you can find on Pod Nation. Hello, podcast listener. You're clearly a person of refined taste and style, as your choice of podcast clearly reflects. Therefore, I think you'll agree that the finest film ever made is 1991's Epic. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. There is much debate here at the Department of Cinema as to whether or not this is the case. Some of the finest minds in the land are mulling over this issue as we speak. An invaluable resource to us is the Better Than Robin Hood podcast. It can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, Castbox, Overcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever podcasts are available. The two hosts, Pete and Fran are fully committed to finding out if there is a film out there that is better than Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. They also discuss such other important topics as Is Donald Trump scared of giants? Is Morgan Freeman a golf Buddha? Does Sean Bean like cake? And did Michelangelo carve David to impress chicks? So, if you're as refined and classy as I suspect you are, you'll download the Better Than Robin Hood podcast today. Don't delay! So once again, for some great indie podcasts, check out the Pod Nation list on podjacer.com.